Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. It's time to talk from the inside of sports. It's time for G. Cobb in the House with Gary Cobb and co-host Micah Warren. We'll talk to and about players, front office personnel, agents, and the newsmakers in and around sports. Now, here are your hosts, G. Cobb and Micah Warren. Hey, everybody. What's going on? This is Micah Warren. This is G. Cobb in the House. We're on VoiceAmericaSports.com. And we're back here for another hour with you guys. And this week... Uh, I got Mike Perry co-hosting with me, and Perry is a writer and editor with otrsportsonline.com, which is another blog that we run, another website. Perry, what's going on, buddy? Good evening, Mike. How are the kids? Uh, they're good. If I had kids, they would be awesome. They would be <laughs> awesome. So, obviously, we like to talk Philly stuff here. This is a Philly-based show, and some pretty big news going on this week in Philly sports. Um, Perry, I don't know if you heard this or not. But the Sixers brought Iverson back, Allen Iverson. Yeah, rookie, right? Rookie out of Georgetown? No, they actually brought him back. He used to play with the team. Oh, and, wow. Uh, he played with the, yeah, he played with them for a while. And it wow. uh, turns out he's going to play with them again for the rest of the year. Okay. And, you know, we're, gonna, we're definitely going to get into the Iverson stuff tonight because there, there's so many different layers to it. And, and it's funny because I saw a comment, uh, I think it was from Bob Ford on Facebook, who's an Inquirer writer, something to the effect that, you know, at least I – I can write stories in my sleep now again. And, and that really isn't true. From a media standpoint, boy, Iverson makes your job easy. I mean, if you want something to talk about, you know, go see what he said last. Or, you know, go watch his highlights from the last game. So with, let's talk about what it means to the team, because well, I think the real the reason that they brought him in, Lou Williams, uh, their young point guard, busted his jaw. He's going to miss some 30 games, like eight weeks. So... You don't really have a replacement for that. And Iverson was clearly the best free agent on the market. Forget the, the, uh, forget, forget the stuff about him retiring and all that. He was, he was the best player on the market. Now, Perry, I don't know what you think. To me, you've got a coach who is running a system that, as it is, these guys can't run. It's a passing and shooting system. Gilbert Arenas even said this of, of the Wizards after they played him. He said, they don't have the Purcell to run that system. He said, it's a passing and shooting system. Yep. Tom Butler said it took him about you know, 40, 50 games to get used to the system. Well, okay, that's another part of it. Mm-hmm. And the Sixers have done this before, Perry, too. You know, they bring in a new coach, a new system. It's not working after 10 games. Oh, we're going to blow the place up. <laughs> they don't give anything. You know, this is not just, you know, he comes in and installs the system. What's your take on, uh, just before we even get to Iverson, on, on what this system and what these players are doing right now? I don't. This team just has. You don't know what they're about. You know, last year they're a running team. This year they're supposed to be running this complex offense, passing and shooting the ball. They they have a bunch of athletes on their team built for running, except for Elton Brand, who is built for I don't know. I don't know what he's built for. <laughs> built for another team. <laughs> yeah, built for another team. And then they bring in this new coach. It just it doesn't make any sense. And you're dealing with these young guys 
that, you know, this, this, this could hinder them, you know, for a good part of their career trying to get used to these new systems. And uh, I, I don't, I'm not seeing anything this year from any of these young guys that says, all right, all right, they're taking the next step. If anything, all these guys, Iguodala, Thaddeus Young, um, you know, Lou Williams, it seems like they're regressing a little bit. I mean, I'm not even going to mention Dallenbear. We're just waiting for his contract to end so we can get him out of here. And, and Willie Green, for some reason, is always on this team. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, it, you say you bring in Iverson and, and he's going he's gonna to maybe ruin all of this, but what's he going to ruin? You know, I, I, it's, I, I'm wondering where this promise for these young guys are. I haven't really seen true holiday play much. So, uh, you know, I don't see if he has any promise, but he probably does. But, you know, this is like I'm scatterbrained right now because I don't know what to say about this team. Yeah, and they're in a weird position. You said it. They're they're built to run. They are a team of athletes, and even watching them at times last year, if they went with the defend and run, they're actually a lot of fun to watch. When they they defend and they're they're ball hawking and they're snaking steals and they're – they're running up and down the court. It's very tough to stay with them for an entire game doing that. Is that championship basketball? No. Is that what's probably best through this team? You said it. Yeah, it is. That's what they do best. Iguodala is not a pure jump shooter. When everybody accepts that, we'll all be a lot better off. He's not. He's, he's, an, he's an amazing athlete. He's not a, I, I'd say he's, just, he's able to play at the NBA level because of his athleticism, not his basketball talent. They need to defend and they need to run. So they bring in this coach to, to, to come up with a system that fits none of them. The only one that fits it is Elton Brand, and he's one guy, and he's on the bench. I mean, I don't see – it's like you said, Iverson, I don't know what he can ruin. But you have to think you kind of just have to throw him into the mix of another guy that doesn't fit the system. Mm-hmm. I mean, how much more time would you give this before you go, all right, this just ain't happening? I don't know. I mean, does Iverson come in and all of a sudden, you know, everyone's excited again. They're, they're, they're playing tough defense. They're starting to run again. You know, Iverson, Iverson's pushing up the ball. Iguodala's pushing up the ball. And then all of a sudden you're away from Eddie Jordan's system. I mean, what, what's going to happen? Is, is, he, is, is this team going to be coached or are these players just going to go crazy again like they were the last two years? I mean, that's exciting basketball to watch, but... You know, it's going to be interesting to see how Iverson fits in this team and what style offense and what style games they're going to play. Yeah, I'm curious to do that too because to see that because you look now, you say, well, here's a team. What are they? Five and fourteen? Something, something horrific. Yeah, and, yeah. They, I think they they were five and five. They could have been five and six, right? What were they on like an eight or nine game losing streak right now? Yeah, they're committed to losing, which I like to see. Though you got to commit to something. Yeah. But as it was. You and I talked, you know, getting started for the season. This is a team whose best hope was to become a 7 or an 8 seed. You know, if you want to, if you want to say high hopes, we'll say a 6 seed if you want to really dream big. And then get just absolutely mauled by one of the top teams in the Eastern Conference. They're not good enough to compete. They're in this purgatory. They're not good enough to compete. They're just good enough to win enough games where they don't get a lottery pick. That's my concern with Iverson. What if he does come in and help? I don't know if that's a good thing. I mean, again, yeah, Malik Bukhans is fun to watch, but would you rather him come in and help? Or would you rather them kind of say, you know what, we've got to sit in the tank for a year because we need to start getting some, some, some lottery picks in here? 
Yeah, and 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 another thing, what what's your core here? <laughs> it's, it's kind of the guys that you committed too much money already to. Yeah. I and mean, it's an awkward core. I, I will say, I was looking at the contract the other day. Iguodala's gotten way too much money, and you can't trade him. What are you going to get? Who's going to take that salary on? D'Alembert, I think next year is the last year of his contract. Mm-hmm. Music to my ears. Elton yeah, Brand, he's going to be here a while. But you almost have to decide, do I want D'Alembert and Eddie Jordan? I mean, not D'Alembert. Um, do I want Eddie Jordan and, and guys like Elton Brand? Or do I want Iguodala, D'Alembert, Lou Williams-style players? You kind of have to pick between one or the other because right now, Brand can't run. He can't stay with what these other guys do. And these other guys getting a half-court offense, it looks like they're on a field hockey field. They're just lost. Yeah. <laughs> they're not no... used to running an offense. They're used to shooting the ball within five to ten seconds down the, down the court. And I think well, one name we are, we are leaving off is Maurice Spates, and he's injured right now, but... Um, it looks to be that he could be, um, you know, a, a person. I'm not saying he's, you know, the next all star or whatever, but at least a person that you can maybe build a team around. Him and Thaddeus Young. I I would love if some other team would want Iguodala and just get him off the books, and you know, start your team with those two. It's not a bad yeah. idea because Thaddeus Young. Well, I mentioned the two styles of player. He's kind of both. He seems like a kid that can play in a system if he's coached that way. He's very young, but he's – come on, he's a three. He's not a four. Don't tell me he's a four. And, and he's a three, and the Sixers are looking at the possibility of him never realizing his potential in Philly because Iguodala can't shoot a jump shot consistent enough to go play the two. You don't like you his know, 42% field goal percentage? Is that where Iguodala is? <laughs> That's exactly what it is. Well, I was going to say they had that in Iverson, but they brought it back again. Maybe the two of them can work together on that. <laughs> you know, uh, and, and even the way things are now, you say, well, Iverson does take it to the hole. You know, he does get fouled. He gets his foul shots. It's kind of like before. If he does, because he does draw a lot of attention when he collapses the lane, not like he used to. Who's he going to kick it out to? Capono, other than him? Who can knock down an open jumper on this team? That's it. You just named it Capona. Did we go through the list already? Was that the whole yeah, list? Yeah, that, that was the whole list. <laughs> oh, my God. And at some point, it seems like a nice guy and all, but at some point, the fancy is going to get held accountable. I know it's not all him, but you signed Elton Brand to that big deal. You committed way too fast on, on Elton Brand and committed way too fast on Iguodala, and that... It, you know, we were we were getting away from all of these contracts, and then all of a sudden, bam! You hit Brand, bam! You hit Iguodala with huge contracts, and yeah, you know, at the time we're like, all right, we have a, a young, promising team. This is good, and then all of a sudden, it all fell apart, and now we're locked into these contracts again, and we're just waiting for another three to four years. Yeah, and the NBA uh, really, really, really makes you pay. If you make a bad signing, you're they're going to hit you hard because now you have Samuel D'Alembert who year after year continues to show that, you know, at times he's kind of fun to watch. He's this big, tall guy. He can run. He can block shots when he's not goaltending. But he, he just doesn't really know what he can do. He doesn't know what he's capable of. And he doesn't know how to – I mean, how many times we come and see him come down 
and has taken like a fadeaway baseline jumper. Like, what? What is wrong with you? That's not your game, and how did no one ever... You, your mother should at least mention that to you. I mean, that's the problem. You got these guys just playing stupid. And, and guys, you know, Iguodala, some of the shots he takes, you know, you said it before, the offense has no flow. You got guys like Samuel D'Alembert doing that kind of stuff. The coach who probably just... I mean, I, I'm wondering if he just starts sitting down and reading a book during the games. I mean, what, what's the point, really? other than to handle some substitutions, and I don't even know what he's doing. But anyway, look, we're going to take a break, and when we come back on the other side, we're, uh, we're going to talk some more, some more Iverson for sure. We've got some Eagles coming up. This is G-Cobb in the house. I'm Michael Warren. I'm with Michael Perry, and we'll see you in a few minutes. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Join Patricia Raskin, the host of Positive Living on VoiceAmerica.com, Monday at 11 Pacific. This program brings you practical and inspiring principles for living a more authentic, engaging, and passionate life. Patricia's guests will give you a formula for connecting, giving, forgiving, and miraculous living. So tune in and call to Positive Living, Mondays at 11 Pacific Time, right here on VoiceAmerica.com. Discover the world's only speed training program that guarantees your athletes have their best season ever or your money back. No questions asked. Let's face it, the best athletes on any team in any sport are the fastest athletes. The team with the most speed is almost always going to be more successful. The fact that you're listening to this right now tells me that you know this is true and that your athletes are not as fast as you want them to be. But how do you make them faster? After all, like many coaches, maybe you were told that you can't teach speed, that an athlete is either born with it or they're not. Right? Wrong. Arguably the biggest myth in all of sports is that you can't teach speed or coach athletes to new levels of athletic success and performance. The level of success your athletes experience has little to do with running plays or specific ball skills. Instead, it depends entirely on your ability to teach them the one skill required to dominate every sport, speed. Put Latif Thomas and his team to work for you. Visit CompleteSpeedTraining.com or call toll-free 877-510-3278. That's 877-510-FAST. Do you want to know what's really going on these days? Well, Capital Thinking takes you inside the worlds of policy, politics, law, and business. What happens in Washington, on Wall Street, and in our nation's legal system impacts your business every day. We're taking you on a behind-the-scenes tour of all of it. Each week, we bring you unfiltered conversation with a variety of influential policymakers, lawyers, and business leaders. I'm Kevin O'Neill, and I'm your host as Capital Thinking tours the halls of power. Join me for Capital Thinking on the Voice America Business Network each Thursday at noon Eastern and 9 a.m. Pacific Time. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're joined up with G. Cobb in the house, featuring Gary Cobb and co-host Michael Warren. You want to get in on the conversation? Call in now. It's toll-free. 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to GaryCobb at AOL.com. Remember, two R's and two B's in that name. Now back to G. Cobb in the house. 
We're back with you on GCOB in the house. I'm Michael Warren. We're on VoiceAmericaSports.com, and I'm joined by my co-host tonight, Michael Perry, uh, from OTR Sports Online, uh, another sports blog we run. And we're talking to Liverson. You guys listen to us, you know, we, we like to keep it Philly around here a little bit. You know, we'll venture out a little bit, stay in our comfort zone a little bit tonight, because we're talking to Liverson. And we were just talking about the state of the Sixers, well, how Iverson fits into this. Um, both of us, I think, started to slip into a mild depression. The more we talked about it, that state of this team, wow. You know, it's one thing It's one thing in sports when you have a team that's got no payroll, you're watching the Pirates or the Royals, and you're like, these guys stink. I know they're going to stink. Look at the payroll of the Sixers. Man, they're spending money, and they stink. They're the New York Rangers of basketball. Um, but now I kind of want to talk about Iverson in a different sense. There's a, it's kind of interesting as it relates to Michael Vick because, first of all, three months ago, if you told me, come November, December, Iverson and Vick are going to be in town, I'd have told you you're an idiot, picked up my beer, and probably walked to the other side of the bar. But I was in Atlanta in September, and it's kind of a similar phenomenon down there. They love Vick down there. You would think this guy constantly had run-ins with the law, the dog fighting aside, the guy flipped off the fans. <clears throat> Excuse me. In 2006, after a dreadful loss to the Saints, he's walking off, he flips them off. They still love him. They still love him. And, Perry, you know as well as anybody in Philadelphia, if you're a star, whether you're Steve Carlton, whether you're Mike Schmidt, whether you're Donovan McNabb, I don't care who you are. At some point, you're getting booed. I can't. I don't think Iverson got booed until things were really out of hand. Let's say 05, 06. Does that sound about right? Yeah. Do you ever remember him being booed in this town? I do not remember Harry. Philly loved him. Always loved him. There right was until the end. I, and, and I don't know what it was about him. The guy had, there was, you know, stories of him throwing his wife out of the house naked. Uh, you know, the practice rant. He doesn't go to practice. He parks in handicapped spaces. I mean, you know, all, problems. What's that? His casino etiquette problems. His casino etiquette problems. Uh, I, I heard recently he was banned from two Detroit casinos. Uh, for abusing other patrons verbally, uh, verbally abusing the dealers. Just not a bunch of, hey, that's a cool guy kind of stuff. And the town loves him. They love him. I admit, uh, when, when he was here the first time, there's a lot of things I would overlook and say, oh, yeah, or make excuses. He was flat out one of the best athletes I've ever watched, night in, night out. You looked at your friend or whoever you were watching the game with at least once or twice a game, with your jaw dropped, saying, oh, my God, did he just do that? He was amazing. That, I mean, that, that helps. But you look at this compared to Donovan McNabb, who's a you know, great quarterback in his own right. He's uh, intelligent. He does the right things. He works hard. You don't hear about him getting drunk or getting out of hand. Everyone's done with it. Perry, what, what is this? Why is it Iverson can do no wrong, no matter how much wrong he does? And Donovan can't buy a friend. You know, I, I don't know exactly what it is, but, I mean, you, you saw it in Iverson's press conference last night and how he got emotional. Mm-hmm. I think that's what Philadelphia loves to see. They, they love to see their players, their athletes, playing for their city with emotion, you know, you know 100%, hearts all in it. That's what they like to see. And, and McNabb, I love him. 
You know, he, he, he's just a great person, great quarterback, always loved him, stand-up citizen. Just, he, doesn't show that, he doesn't show that emotion, so it doesn't seem like he was able to connect. And it seems like Iverson was able to connect right away with these fans, and I think that's, that, that's why these fans love Iverson as compared to McNabb. I, I actually think it's more than that because Donovan, Iverson always had that big smile on the court and he could light the room up with that smile. Donovan smiles on the field and it's, I can't stand him. He's out there laughing. And this is, there's a, there's a clear double standard as mm-hmm. to what they like about You know, if, if Allen Iverson puked on the court and then dropped 30 points, oh, my God, he was sick and he still went out there. McNabb pukes on the field and says, oh, he was puking in the Super Bowl. <laughs> you, you know what I mean? Like, if Iverson did that, they would, they would spin it to the positive. When, when Jordan got sick, oh, he dropped 38 with the flu. Um, who was, was it Pete Sampras that was puking during a tennis match? That Oh, he was puking on the side, and he still went out and won. Donovan pukes, and it's the biggest sign of weakness. I, I think, personally, it's the difference between Donovan, the company man, or Iverson, who's kind of the rebel. He's the... I'm going against the grain. I'm the bad guy. Everybody's out to get me. I'm, I came from, from not much. I mean, do you think there's any truth to that? I do think there's some truth to that. And, I, and to add on to that, it, it could be, you know, as, you know, possible huge, uh, future Hall of Famer Iverson is, he, he's, still, he's still that kind of underdog. You know, he's that six-foot player in the NBA playing against, you know, Six eight, six nine, six ten, seven footers, and he's dominating these people. And it's that whole underdog thing. So when when he gets those thirty point nights, we're like, wow, that's incredible. That's absolutely incredible. How did he score thirty points? How did he score forty points? He scored fifty tonight. And then it's, yeah. and then McNabb steps on the field, and you ex- everyone seems to expect McNabb to throw four touchdowns. And when he doesn't throw four touchdowns, when he doesn't win the NFC Championship game, he failed. And there's that there's that double standard too, you know. I, I mean, they're they're both they're, they're, they both could be in the Hall of Fame. I, I don't know. They could be. I'm saying that, but it, it just seems like Iverson is more of the more of the underdog, if you know what I mean by that. No, I do. And and to to uh, to go with that, it's not just that he scores at that size. You know, you could sit outside and you know, there's guys like Ray Allen that'll just pick you apart all day outside. He doesn't do that. He takes it to the biggest guys. He goes to the ground. He falls to the floor. He's got tape all over him. He's, he's got injuries all over. And, and McNabb plays with injuries, too. But here's the double standard. They both made it exactly as far as the other. They both lost in the final game. Um, not final game. I'm sorry. The, the final series or game for, for NBA, obviously, it's a, it's a series. Mm-hmm. Iverson took his team to that, that, that far. Donovan did, too. And have you ever ever heard anyone in the town of Philadelphia say Iverson didn't get it done? No. McNabb didn't get it done. I'll go on the corner right now and find you five people in less than two minutes that'll say McNabb didn't get it done. And he's a smaller percentage of his team, not including special teams. He's 122nd, technically, of all the guys that are out there. Obviously, he counts more because he's a quarterback. Iverson's 20% of the offense and the defense, and he was out there for 48 minutes. But I, I, have you ever heard anybody say Iverson couldn't, couldn't win the big one or he couldn't get past, he couldn't get it done? Only the true haters out there. That's it. But overall, no. 
No, I mean, he was, you know, sure, they had the excuses. They were, they were beaten up, and they were. They were. And even if they were healthy, they went against, they were, come on, they were woefully overmatched against that Laker team that had Shaq, a much younger Shaq, uh, and Kobe, who were just, you know, the fact that they won a game, I was kind of excited about that. But um, there does seem, seem to be that certain section that's just going to pull for Iverson. And, Perry, you know, you and I write about stuff on, on OTR all the time. Uh, if we write something about Iverson that's negative, we get ten comments on it screaming at us about what haters we are. Mm-hmm. It could be exactly true. It doesn't even have to be nasty. And I mean, if we write a McNabb article saying how good he is, we get 10 comments saying, you guys are crazy, he stinks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's hilarious the double standards. And because I think Donovan is kind of the, is the company man. You know, he does. And look, he comes from a two-parent family, um, you know, educated background. In, in this case, it kind of plays against him. Call fair, call what you want. Uh, that's kind of how he's seen. I think a lot of people think, oh, he's just, oh, he's just a company man. Yeah, he's a company man probably because he knows where his checks are coming from and doesn't want to get shipped out of town for a bag of footballs against his wishes. I mean, from, from people I've talked to, the reason Iverson didn't go anywhere, you know, because uh, Comcast, which owns the Sixers, they're a publicly traded company. Mm-hmm. And, you know, essentially the, the big wigs over there you know, I, I think I think the management wanted to get rid of Iverson for a while, and some of the big wigs over there came on. Okay, how many people were here last night? Yeah, oh, he stays. I mean, how long do you think he stayed? Just because he was putting tons of rear ends in the seat. Have, have you noticed too the the ticket sales for as soon as they signed Iverson the other night for that Monday night game? I, yeah, I, I, was, I, was, I was looking at ticket sites, and you know you could get a, you could get a great seat for you know fifty bucks, you know right down there, you know right down the court. You can hear the guy talking to each other. You could play for other. fifty bucks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You could. All of a sudden, bam, three hundred fifty dollars. You know the place is going to be sold out. Um, nosebleed seats are going for over a hundred. You know you can maybe sneak in for for fifty five way up in the quarter right there and use the binoculars for another fifteen bucks or whatever. But, I mean, this guy just, I don't know. It's going, to be, it's going to be fun, I think. You know, as much as, I, as much as I hate on Iverson and, you know, like maybe I don't mean it the whole time, I'm, I'm excited that he's coming back. I, you know, how, how can you not? I guess he's good for the city. Fans love him. Um, I no, I know. And it's funny because I was on uh, WIP with G Cobb uh, last Wednesday. It was, it was, I think it was right after they signed him and, and his son Gary. And I remember thinking, I was like, what? The, uh, no, it was before they signed him. I said, if they bring him back, is that really going to make you want to go to a game? I'm like, my God, no. And then all of a sudden, the guy, I started thinking, I was like, well, <laughs> yeah, I think I might head down to the arena. I think I'd like to see that ovation on Monday night. We've got to take a quick break here, though. Uh, this is G Cobb in the house. I'm Michael Warren, along with Michael Perry on VoiceAmericaSports.com, and we'll see you on the other side. The opening kickoff is a beauty. It's a fly ball deep right field. That goes over. 
touchdown. Got it with 2.8 seconds left to left. I don't care where they put him. This one is out of here. From high school to the pros, we, we cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. Hey, football fans, are you ready for an intelligent discussion about the Buffalo Bills and the National Football League? Are you tired of listening to talk show hosts that have never played football? Instead of answering your questions, they prefer to listen to themselves. And when they don't like what you're saying, they just cut you off. Well, that won't happen on the Jeff Nixon Sports Report. Keep it clean, stay relatively calm and rational, and the discussion will flow well. Join Jeff Nixon Monday afternoons at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Sports Network. All about action. Touchdown! Scores. Taking a look at the NBA tonight. Highlights. He's broken loose. He's at the 30. And headlines. Big trade in the NFL this afternoon. When you are looking to talk sports, look no further than the Voice America Sports Network. We bring you some of the biggest names and all the sports news you can handle. Whether it's basketball, off the glass, football, come on, golf, racing, or the Olympics. We've got you covered. We'll even cover tailgating. Tune in to the Voice America Sports Network. It's all things sports. What it comes down to, ladies, is that defining line between been there, done that, and ain't going back, baby. Yeah, I've heard them call you yuppies and baby boomers, maybe even dolls, babes, darling, sugar, and sweetheart. But I say that women are truly amazing. Join Dr. Marlene for Amazing Women, Brains, Beauty, and Style, every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Pacific, right here on the Voice America Women's Radio Network. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're joined up with G Cobb in the house, featuring Gary Cobb and co host Michael Warren. You want to get in on the conversation? Call in now. It's toll free 1 888 346 9144. That's 1 888 346 9144. Or send an email to GaryCobb at AOL.com. Remember, two R's and two B's in that name. Now back to G Cobb in the house. We're back with you on G Cobb in the house on Voice America Sports. I'm Michael Warren. And we're with my buddy Mike Perry, who writes for the OTR website, off the record blog, OTRSportsOnline.com. You can go check that out uh, and see whatever's going on in the sports world, our random stupid thoughts. Plenty of that. There's never a shortage of our stupid thoughts on that site. Um, so we were talking Iverson, maybe a little McNabb, too. And we're going to talk to the Eagles now. If you want to give us a call, we'll talk about Iverson, whatever you want, 888-346-9144. Um, but we're going to shift to the Eagles for right now. We'll shift back if you want to talk Iverson. Um, everybody's hurt, Perry. Um, <laughs> on both sides of the ball, Akeem Jordan ruled out. Deshaun Jackson ruled out. On the Falcons, you got no Matt Ryan, no Michael Turner. I think at some point it's just going to be a McNabb versus Chris Redman one-on-one basketball game to decide the, uh, to decide the game um, because I don't know who else is playing. Uh, you know, Selleck practice, but he's got a bum thumb. And if you're going to drop the ball like he did last week against the Redskins, and he was a, a big part of, of that awful third quarter, He's just killing drives. You know, for once they dropped, for once Donovan hit him. 
And so what are you thinking this week against the Falcons? Uh, the Eagles are a five-and-a-half-point favorite, which I'm not a gambler, honestly, when it comes to this stuff, but that just seems absurd. This, I mean, this, this is that game that I've been looking at. I was like, you know what, this Eagles team, they always suck you right back in, and then there's that <laughs> game that sucks you right back out. And this is that game. You know, they have it every year. And uh, if they can get by this game a little bit more confident, I know I saw the Saints destroy the New England Patriots. I'm not that confident. I'm confident in this team when I say that. Um, but th- this is that tricky game. I, I know Turner's uh, out, and I know Matt Ryan's out. But this is just one of those games that the Eagles always seem to kind of have trouble with, just that hump game. And if they can get over this, so I, like, I like their chances of, of taking a run at that NFC East title. Now, it is on the road. And obviously, as soon as we heard that Michael Vick signed, everyone went and grabbed the Eagles' schedule and just scanned it and goes, boom, right there. Vick returns to Atlanta. I'm a li- I don't know if I'm shocked. I guess I kind of am. At the lack of, does anyone care that Vick is going back to Atlanta? Roddy White basically said no. You know, most of the people that were here when he was here are gone. Although, although this was funny, Roddy White said there will be a lot of Michael Vick jerseys out there. It's because of the recession, and people can't afford to be buying new shirts. <laughs> I was like, all right, that, that makes sense. Sure. But uh, is it, I don't even know who the emotion would help. Is it going to be emotional? Who does it affect? Does it affect the Eagles and get them hyped up for a guy that plays two or three snaps a game and does so, does so relatively poorly when he is in there? Does it get the Falcons hyped up for the guy that kicked the franchise square between the legs? <laughs> had to be let go, cost him a ton of money. Do you think there's emotion in this game? And, and if so, do you, would you have any idea which direction it would go? I, I don't feel any emotion at all in this, in this game. Uh, I mean, it seems like this whole Vic thing has completely blown over, like it never existed. You know, every, like everyone's over it. And yeah, and it didn't take long, wasn't that? I mean, because all we heard, and I, I'll be the first one to say, I was – screaming from the mountaintops to anyone that will listen, this guy should not be let back in the league. And I still believe that. But so the Eagles sign him, you're like, oh, God, it's going to be a PR nightmare, and this and it's like this big, no. And no one seems to care. And maybe it has to do with the fact that he stinks right now. It's not just the fact that he stinks. The Eagles aren't using him remotely properly. What do you think about the way the Eagles are using him in these weird, not even wildcat, just single back, short distance situations, it's bizarre. I get up and go to the fridge every time I see McNabb come out and Vic comes in because I know the next time that I come and sit down the couch, it's going to be instead of being second and ten, it's going to be third and six. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, what blew me away was they used them in short yardage. Yeah, uh, I mean, they're, yeah, they're starting to use them in short yardage. But why? I mean, you're right. They're not using them. I mean, they're not using them correctly. You know, I was expecting them to at least have him drop back and take a shot downfield once. They haven't done that yet. I mean, is this the week? Is this the weekend that they do that? All he's done so far is either throw in a five-yard pass, hand the ball off, or do a quarterback draw. So predictable. Yeah. The, well, the one time he did chuck it deep, but it was against. It was more like to avoid a sack. He threw it way out of bounds just to get rid of it. So we won't count that. But you're right. He did, he did miss a wide-open Selleck. Either it was last game or 
the, the previous game, but he did miss a wide-open Selleck, looked him off, looked downfield, and then looked back to Selleck when he was covered and then threw him the ball. <laughs> I do remember that play. <laughs> well, I, there was a play against Chicago where he was getting sacked, and he threw a dart. He could still throw the ball. I mean, not well, but he's still got a cannon of an arm. Um, and I was watching, and the Bears game told me a lot. Because until that game, we had never really seen him, you know, open up. He was, you know, like you said, going down for four yards. You know, four yards is a great play for him this year. Um, he was in the pocket, and uh, uh, he had a defensive end coming up on him, and he kind of nonchalantly tried to dance around him and didn't do it. And I was thinking, oh, boy, he doesn't know that he lost a step. He's thinking of what he used to be able to do. He could just, you know, who cares? I'm out of here. He can't do that anymore. And the 34-yard run? Did you? He's not Vic anymore. I mean, is it that he hasn't had a full off season of conditioning, or you think he's never ever going to be what he once was? Are, are you are you telling me that Tillman from the Bears isn't one of the fastest guys in the league? <laughs> <laughs> they caught him from behind. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> here's here's a thought though. I, I I was reading something about this, and and as. As deep as the Eagles were in uh, at wide receiver at the beginning of the season, coming into this game, they're not that deep. I still like I still like Macklin. I still like Avon. I like those receivers on the outside, even though Deshaun Jackson's out. But with Deshaun Jackson out, Curtis out, you bring in Reggie Brown. And then are they going to throw Vic in maybe a couple plays at wide receiver? Is I mean, there's a spot available. They're not that deep right now at wide receiver. What do you think about that? Um, I don't know that they would do that, but if they did, it would at least show me a little more creativity than, you know, I think what we all thought was going to happen. Yeah, that's, uh, that's what I'm saying. I mean, that's the creativity. That's the positioning that they were going to, that I thought they were going to put Vic in. You know, I, I thought I was going to see Vic and McNabb on the field at the same time. You know, I, I thought I was going to see, you know, Westbrook, Vic, and McNabb out in the field at the same time. And, and all these playmakers, but... All it is is you see McNabb walk off the field, you see Vic come in. You see a dud play. You see Vic walk off the field. You see McNabb come back in. That's not exciting to me. I wanted to see more. (laughs) I agree. And to get to your point with the receivers, the fact that they still have weapons on wide receivers says how deep this group was. I mean, you remember back in – let's go back to training camp. Think of the weapons they had. You have Donovan, obviously. You've got Westbrook and McCoy back there. Ooh, what are they going to do? Uh, Selleck and Cornelius Ingram, the forgotten guy. Obviously, he shredded his ACL again. Let me tell you, man, he looked good in camp. Big, uh, could run, could catch. He was going to be a weapon. Yeah, Curtis, Macklin, Deshaun Jackson, Brandon Gibson, Hank Basket, Reggie Brown. Oh, my God, there's only one football to go around. Hey, Brandon Gibson's looking pretty good over there in St. Louis. He's getting some PT. I dig Brandon Gibson. A lot of people did. And they really did. They they absolutely needed Will Witherspoon. These linebackers... And we can even get into this defense, you know, you know, when we come into our final segment. But these linebackers are brutal, Perry. Which one? one? Uh, I mean, there's a list of 15 that have played so far this year for us. <laughs> which, which one's brutal? <laughs> <laughs> which one do you speak of? Uh, yeah. They're so bad. To get something, you've got to give something. Witherspoon's been good, and everybody kind of – you know what it reminded me a little bit of, but not quite as much? You wanted Pronger, you had to give up Spisa. And you're like, ah, oh, that one kind of stings. Mm-hmm. Didn't really want to give up Gibson, but, hey, their feet were to the fire. So now you do that. Hank Baskett's on the Colts. Curtis is 
Uh, yeah, he's breaking down before our eyes. I mean, he's just he's on the way down. Westbrook's got the concussion now. Deshaun's got the conduct concussion. Ingram's gone. Alex got a bum thumb. You know, I don't want Alex Smith out there too much. I mean, he's he wears number eighty-two with Smith on the back. I think for a big reason. <laughs> uh, but but remember, there was years ago people were clamoring for wide receivers. Even just if they had these guys, they'd have been thrilled. Now they've taken injuries to some of their top guys, and they're still all right. They still have enough. And I got to tell you, I ragged on them earlier because I hadn't seen anything, and I hadn't. Uh, you got to like Jeremy Macklin right now. Love him, and I, I think uh, knock on wood right now. I, I can't remember seeing Macklin or Avant drop a ball. I mean, uh, they, they have maybe. <laughs> I don't remember. think, you know, I'm thinking, I don't know. Oh, yes, well, the one in, in Dallas, Macklin had slipped through his hands for the interception. So we'll call that a drop, and a drop of catastrophic tra- catastrophic portion. Yeah, but, uh, I mean, I, I love Avant. I mean, I, he's, he's quickly becoming one of the fan favorites on that team. He's, People love Avant. He's not just a speed guy. And it still remains to be seen, though, whether Al Davis should have taken Avant or Darius Hayward Bay, or Percy Harvin. You know, it's still, you know, I, I want to see a little more of Hayward Bay, because he's, Jesus, God, you, even Kenny Britt. You, you, uh, you meant Macklin, right? You meant Macklin instead of Harvin, right? No, I'm saying, well, at seven overall, Al Davis passed on, like, five wide receivers that were all better than Darius Hayward Bay. I just like breaking <laughs> his balls for that pick. Um <laughs> No, Matt Macklin and Harvard, you're right, that's a debate. I was kidding around with, it, with Darius Hayward Bay because he's just a... Oh, I, figured, I, I figured you were, and then you threw in the Percy Harvin thing. Like, oh, where's this guy? <laughs> no, 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 I meant that, that Al Davis could have had Percy Harvin. Yep. You could have had Percy Harvin, Macklin, Kenny Britt. You know, you're, you're looking at the names rack, though. You know, Hakeem Nix looks like a baller. Like, oh, Al, what are you doing, buddy? You know, open a book, read something. You know, read Mel Kuyper, if nothing else. My God. But, um... Yeah, Macklin looks like he's going to be a baller. Uh, he catches everything with his hands. He, he runs well. Um, I definitely dig him. So the Eagles are banged up on offense, but they can kind of handle that, and they've handled it pretty well offensive line notwithstanding. But we're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk about this defense and what's happened to it. Uh, I'm sorry. These linebackers are just killing me, and we're going to start naming names. We've got to do it. Uh, but we've got to take a break right now. We're going to come back for our final segment on voiceamericasports.com. The opening kickoff is a beauty. It's a fly ball deep right field. That goes O'Neal. He's at the shot. Got it. With 2.8 seconds left. I don't care where they put him. This one is out of here. From high school to the pros, we we cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. If you're a fantasy football lover, you need to take a few minutes to listen to this commercial. Even if you're a novice, this could be for you. Butts and Butts, along with former NFL linebacker Sean Barber, have revolutionized the way you'll play fantasy football. That's right. Suicide Fantasy Football is now available. Go to www.suicidefantasyfootball.com for all the details. You'll get the hot tips on this new game and find out how to win $25,000. Suicide Fantasy Football is just like 
the game you know and love with a little twist. There's no draft. You select a lineup every week, and just about every starter from an NFL team is available to you. The catch is, you only use a player one time each season. Pick Brady to Moss for the first week. Save McNabb and Peterson for the stretch run. You're the GM of your own team, and you make the call. Here's your chance to show everyone that you're the smartest fantasy football player week in and week out. There's no lucky draft picks, no waiver wire moves because you're in last place. It's simple. Go to www.suicidefantasyfootball.com and sign up for a league and show everyone who's boss. So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the three is very much the one to be. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely disagree. Spicer, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins next week, I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. They need a bitch's ass and then move on. I just, and I just think that the coach made a mistake. Oh, crazy. <laughs> NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. You're joined up with G. Cobb in the house, featuring Gary Cobb and co-host Michael Warren. You want to get in on the conversation? Call in now. It's toll-free. 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to GaryCobb at AOL.com. Remember, two R's and two B's in that name. Now back to G. Cobb in the house. We are back with you on G. Cobb in the house. I'm Michael Warren. We're on VoiceAmericaSports.com. Uh, I'm along with co-host Michael Perry, who writes with me on OTRSportsOnline.com. We're talking a little Eagles. We talked some Iverson before, and we're talking about the Eagles and Falcons this week. And I, I want to talk about something, Perry, that could be a big issue on Sunday in Atlanta. Now, when Trotter was in his heyday, and oh, believe me, he's not there anymore. Oh, believe me. Long way away. He was a good player, but one of his problems was he would shoot gaps. That's a good thing when you shoot the right one because you got somebody behind the line. But when you shoot the wrong one, you left the cutback lane wide open for a running back to be patient, cut back, and there's nothing there. Another choice the Eagles have at linebacker is Joe Mays, who's kind of like a little trotter in the sense that he does that too. And, yeah, Michael Turner's out, but... The other significant thing, and, and I'll, I'll tell you what I'm saying, Matt Ryan's out, so what might they do a little more of with a guy like Chris Redman there? They might run the ball more. That could be a problem, and the problem starts, to me, with some of these linebackers. And we, we started to talk about it before, 
but uh, Jason Snelling and, and Jarius Norwood, I think, are going to get the carries. Jarius Norwood, uh, if you're not familiar with him, is very fast. Jarius Norwood can run. And that turf is very fast down there. And if these linebackers aren't disciplined, why would you throw the ball if you could run it all day? And, and, and run it for home runs. I mean, does, does the Eagles' run defense scare you with this linebacking core and how they flow to the ball or don't flow to the ball? Yeah, it scares me right now. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they, they put Chris Gokong in at middle linebacker against San Diego. And it cost him. And it cost him dearly. And I just look and I say, wow, you got a guy here that you drafted at a Cal Poly with, like, what, 22 and a half sacks his senior year at the defensive end? Well, you're going to make him an outside linebacker. Yeah, All right, it's course. not what he is. Of course. The injuries, now you're going to play a middle linebacker? I mean, is this a linebacking core or is this some sort of sick joke? I mean, they're, they're just, they got no, no options right now. Well, that's true. I mean, Stuart Bradley, him getting hurt. I mean, that was, that was huge. When, when he went down, that was huge. I mean, you, you look, I mean, this defense overall, considering all the injuries, has played, has played good. We'll say good. Linebacking yeah. quarters played awful. <laughs> but yeah. the line has played well. I would say, I would say the secondary eh, played well. I mean, Sheldon Brown and Asante Samuel, they're, they're good. They're going to make your turnovers, and that's probably – a big part of why they've been playing well because of all the turnovers. But, man, that linebacking, I mean, they, what is it, six? This will be the seventh starting linebacker or starting middle linebacker this week that the Eagles have had with Gokong? Since training camp, probably yes. Um, start of the season, no, because uh, Stuart Bradley obviously went down in training camp. They've tried Trotter in there. He was better last week, but come on, don't tell me he's, you're going you're gonna to do anything with him as your starting linebacker. I'm sure he's a nice guy, but there's a lot of nice guys I don't want in there. Uh, Joe you, don't like when, you don't like after that seven-yard run, Trotter makes a tackle and he throws down the axe? You don't appreciate that anymore? <laughs> I mean, hey, it's, the, the gesture's not lost on me. Believe me, I no. hate leadership. That's leadership. You don't need that to play It, is. it fires up the team. It fires up the team. It does. It fires up the team. You know, that, that second and three, I mean, there's no way they're getting the first down on that second and three after you throw down that axe. No, no way. You, you can't. You can't do it. And, and you, you mentioned the line. Uh, Cole's been phenomenal. Trent Colvin has been excellent. Uh, Bunkley and Patterson are solid. They're good and solid. I don't know if they get the pressure up, up the middle that, that you're going to want, especially because McDermott, I don't know, he doesn't blitz nearly as much as Jim Johnson. And the defensive end on the other side, whether it's Jaquay Parker, that was a brilliant play on Campbell last, last week, you moron. Um, that, that's the that... position where I think we need to compliment Trent Cole and to make Patterson and Bunkley a little bit, you know. Um, yeah, you're right. They don't get to the quarterback as much as maybe we would hope they would. But if you put a, someone on the opposite side of Trent Cole that can get the pressure that Trent Cole can, I mean, then you have two, two guys getting to the quarterback from each side. And then those two guys in the center, Patterson and Bunkley, can play their solid games they need to. But you're right. I think we need to get to the quarterback a little bit more. I mean, Trent, can't, Trent Cole can't do it himself. He tries, though. But uh, the right. problem is when you, when you get that edge pressure, any quarterback's going to step up the pocket and deliver when you're not getting pressure up the middle. Pressure up the middle destroys everything. You know, Tom, ask Tom Brady in that Super Bowl against the Giants. He had seen nothing like it. 
they were just busting up the middle. Justin Tuck was in his face all day. You can't function like that. Nobody can. Uh, and, and like you said, getting another defensive end on the other side, they've tried. Well, we'll bring in Darren Howard. Okay, what else you got? Because that, that's not working. You know, Victor Abiyamiri, I think he's a nice player. He can't stay on the field. Uh, Juque Parker, yeah, eh. situational player. I mean, nothing to get too excited about. They need to solve that, or even mix blitzes anymore. The problem, though, is when you're blitzing and you're not getting to the quarterback, it's the worst of both worlds. Now you sent your extra guys, you didn't get there, and they have guys running free. So one thing, though, I will say, what do you think of Macho Harris at the safety position? Meh. Meh. That's what Meh. I think about him. Meh. <laughs> I, I, I kind of feel the same way. He's just a guy. And you know what? And you know what? I mean, you, you know this kills me, too. When, when you watch the Denver Broncos play and you, and, and you see how Brian Dawkins is still playing football right now, and, you know, just forget about all the money that he was signed for. Just completely forget about that and just think about Brian Dawkins playing safety for this team right now, and that's it. And that uh, kills me. I mean, you see Macho Harris back there. You see Sean Jones back there. Uh, it's... You know, and then you close your eyes. Should be Brian Dawkins. I mean, both those guys are just to me. They're eh, you know, and and Quentin Michael is not playing as good as he was when he was with Brian Dawkins too. I mean, he's having a good year, but he's not having the year that we thought Quentin Michael was going to have. Well, you know what, Perry? I want this is what I wonder. If you knew Stuart Bradley was going to go down, and you had the problems with the linebackers, if you knew that back in February or March. Does that make them maybe say, look, we really can't afford to lose Dawkins at this point. If nothing else, we need his run support and we need his play closer to the line. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I wish I knew how, how uh, caught off guard the Eagles were that, that Dawkins went to Denver and, and how committed they were to him. You know, you never can believe what Andy says or whoever says what happened. But, I mean, when, when they started using Dawkins, kind of like approaching the line a little bit more, kind of playing like a linebacker a little bit, you know, blitzing and getting to the quarterback and, and not playing maybe their, your usual safety position. That's when he's most effective because he can't cover anyone right now. They, they couldn't put him in a position to expose him, you know, with, with a fast wide receiver. So, they, you know, they were moving him closer to the line. And, and that's, that's what it seems Denver is doing with Brian Dawkins. I mean, you, you saw that Giants game the other night. I mean, there, there might have been five plays in a row where Brian Dawkins, you know, made a deflection, made, made a tackle, forced a fumble, recovered a fumble. I mean, he was all over the field. I agree, Perry. They probably haven't played linebacker at this point. But, uh, look, I want to thank you for coming on with me and co-hosting tonight on GCOP in the house. I'm Michael Warren. That's our time for this week. We will see you guys again next week at 7 p.m. Eastern on GCOP in the house. Have a good weekend, everybody. Time to break the huddle. We'll be back again next Friday at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern for another edition of G Cobb in the House with Gary Cobb and Micah Warren. Have a great weekend, and we'll see you again soon. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. 
The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.